This is the Big Church Podcast. Uh, but there was a little race that happened yesterday. Anybody see the little race? There was something that happened called the what? The Kentucky? Y'all didn't watch it? Are y'all saved and live in Kentucky? There's a little thing called the Kentucky Derby that went on, and, and it was good to see people back in the place. Even though there was 56,000 instead of 100-some thousand, it was still good. But, you know, you see around, they bet, they bet two, they bet $6 million on one horse yesterday. And one guy bet $2.4 million himself. I'm like, oh, Jesus, we just need a little money around here. We, in the name of Jesus. But you know, it got to thinking about it. that's fun and, and, and there's money involved, and, but it's two minutes of our life. And the world is basically running around with little or no purpose. You know, you see the things out there, but they're running around. They don't really kind of understand where we're at. So there's more important race that I'm going to talk about this morning. It's called the race of life. And I'm going to talk about what it pertains to to be the Christian life. The title of my message is, In It to win it. Wow. Are y'all in it to win it this morning? Or are you just participating? Uh, I'm going to talk about that here in a minute. But let's talk about that race and how it applies to the way we run. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 9. It says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Listen, I got to tell you all something. We are all in this race that's called life. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter what social status you might call yourself. We are all in a race. And it says, run in such a way. So the Bible is directing us, telling us not only are we in a race, but there's a way that we have to run this particular race. Is it important how we run? And it is very important. Why? Because people are watching how you run. They're watching your social media. Oh, don't get me started there. They're watching everything that you do, and they're watching on how to run the race that's set before them. So it matters how you act. It matters what you say. It matters what you post. It matters because you can cause someone to go the right way, but you can also cause someone to go the wrong way too. So run in such a way that people are going to run and want to follow with you. Running off track can leave you vulnerable. Do you know when you get off track and your GPS takes you? Eric said he got a little bit off and he thought he was, he, he thought he was lost there for a minute. But sometimes when you get off track, you know what it does? It puts you out in a vulnerable position. It puts you out in a place where you're all by yourself. And so many times, unless you don't stay with the pack, you're going to get lost out there. And my wife always said, the devil, he'll eat your lunch when you're out there by yourself. What did you say? When the enemy, when he isolates, he dominates. When he gets you off track, and when he gets you into the place where he wants you, that's when he dominates your thoughts and your minds, and you know it. The, devil, the mind is the devil's playground when you're all by yourself. But let's talk about running as it pertains to our lives. They have, first, we have in running the sprinter. And Ecclesiastes says the race is what? Not to the swift. You never had that on-fire Christian? I mean, that guy that gets saved, and he's about, oh, I mean, he's jumping up at the lunch table at school. And, and y'all been around those people, man. They have to do nothing but talk about God. And that's good. I'm not down in that. 
But that on-fire person that's just always going and telling you about how good God is and we need to be a little bit more like that. We need to be projecting who Jesus is in our life. But that guy that's just going on and he's really out there trying to get you, he's on fire. He's going 100% and 100 miles an hour. But sometimes he's getting very little done. We have a thing that the refuge does called the pumpkin run. And it's a thing to get, you know, you have to go from this one to this clue to that clue. But the key to it is not how fast you can do it. Y'all ever done it? It's, it's, it's like a scavenger hunt. It's not how fast you do it. It's if you follow the instructions. So many times teams went out and they came back before everyone, but they missed about five or six of the things on the list because they didn't follow the instruction. They were trying to go so fast, but they, didn't, they, they couldn't keep up. Faster is not always better. Hard to keep up the pace when you go too fast. And a lot of times what happens with that in that situation is you burn out really fast. And you might repel people. I've got people that have tried to give me their testimony. And I'm not trying to be hard this morning. But your testimony ought to be about one or two minutes. You ought to be able to tell what the devil, what the devil did to you. But most of it ought to be telling how God has brought you out of. So many times in our testimonies, we were talking about doom and gloom. And for the first 19 minutes of it, you lost them after 17 minutes. And then we take that last 30 seconds. But let me tell you what God said. No, it needs to be reversal of that. Because God has been so good to you. Number two, the relay race. We are passing the baton. We are passing something on to the next generation. And that could be good. That could also be bad. What we hand off and what we give to our family, to our friends and our children, oh, it matters how you hand it off. Have you ever seen a relay race? What do they do in a relay race? They have to be in the right position to pass it at the right time. How we pass it, we, sometimes you have to run alongside and, and you have to catch up with those people. I know I'm out of the shot here, but keep up with me if I don't get tired. But, but they have to run alongside and have to meet and have to make that pass just right. It has to be handed in just right so they can continue to go. If you're too far up ahead, it makes the transition rough. If you're too slow, it makes the transition bad. You have to be strategic on who you are, where the, let me tell you what, strategic on who and where runs this race. The second fastest guy usually starts the race. Then you have the third fastest guy that usually goes next. Then you have the slowest guy. These guys are still fast. I'm just, you know, let me be honest with you. But you have the slowest guy. On that fourth leg, you've got the fastest guy. Because you know why? He has to make up the time where are you at in that bunch? Sometimes, it doesn't, sometimes you don't have to be the fastest. You just have to be the steadiest. When I get it long and steady. The long-distance marathoner uh, it says steady. There's something about saying slow and steady wins the race. You ever seen the tortoise and the hare? All you older people know that story, don't you? Okay, here you go. But consistency, perseverance, and doing the work. I've heard the hardest part of a marathon. It's not the end of it. You would think that's the roughest part, man. You're, you're breaking down, but it's the places where no one is cheering. When, you're, when you start the race, you got thousands of people cheering you on, and they're going, but when you hit mile 10, mile 11, mile 12, I would make it to mile two, maybe. 
then you don't see those people on the side of the road and you can get a little discouraged. Those are the places when you feel like you, feel like you wanna just quit running and no one would even notice if you did. That's where the devil gets in there. He wants, people, he wants you to get to a place where you think nobody cares about you. He wants to get you to a place where, where you feel like nobody knows what you're going through. But I gotta tell you something, we got fans and I'm gonna prove it to you. In Hebrews, it's called the Hall of Faith. And we talk about people like Noah and Abraham and Moses and Joshua. Let's look at Hebrews 12.1. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded, say surrounded, by so great a cloud of witnesses. And I put fans in there. Let us lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We got fans. You know what? They know what it's like to run the race. They know what it's like to try to get from the start, the start to the finish. Noah built a boat for 120 years where there was never any rain. They told him to build a boat. He could have given up many times, but he was a preacher of righteousness all the way through. Abraham, Abraham, you're going to have a bunch of kids. I'm 80. My wife is 80. I don't see this happening. He could have given up, but he stayed with the promise of God. Joshua, he said, walk around. I want you to take this land. And I don't want you to take it by force. I want you to take it by holy force. I want you to walk around it seven times. And at the last time, I want you to shout. Don't you imagine Joshua being one of the greatest commanders saying, what kind of plan is that? But it's God's plan. And when God tells you to do something, that makes the plan work. Then they had faith, they all had faith, and they were in it to win it. This is what you have to do. You gotta surround yourself with the right people. You gotta get the right people around you. You gotta get you some fans. You gotta get rid of all that negative, Nancy, and, and all of that drama that's around you. Because so many times, if you surround yourself with the wrong people, you usually end up going backwards in the race. You gotta get you some cheerleaders, not some life suckers. Who I'm sweating up in here. Cheerleaders instead of life suckers. You know what I'm talking about. Those people that just suck the life right out of you. You got to get somebody said, man, I know you're having a bad day, but let me tell you about how good God is. You got to get those right people around you. We got too much negativity in this world. We got too much bad stuff going on around. You need some people that are going to surround you and lift you up. You got to get good people around you to hold you accountable. Pastor Lonnie has been good for me. Yes, she says. You got to get some people that will hold you accountable. And then it says you have to lay aside every weight of the sin that ensnares us. Sin cannot keep hanging around. So many times we hang it in the closet and, and, and we shut the door, but yet we go back to it. Or maybe we, we go down and visit it in the basement or, or maybe we do. So it can't keep hanging around. It weighs you down spiritually. It weighs you down physically. But listen to me. Those weights may not all be sin. Listen to me. It could be the weight of the past. Could it be the weight of comfortability, if that's even a word? Could it be the weight of complacency? Could it be the weight of busyness? Everybody got that weight hanging around them? I've been complaining about that one for a couple months now. 
but it could also be the weight of comparison, saying that you can never be good enough for someone else. You gotta get rid of the weight. So many times you might train with that weight. Anybody ever remember uh, playing basketball? You train with the ankle weights. Man, you'd run around, coach, have you run around, and be like, yeah, as soon as you took those off, you were like, oh my goodness, I feel like Michael Jordan up in here. I am out of shape. It's okay to train with that weight on, but when you start to go into the race, you're not gonna wear those ankle weights. You're gonna take them off because they're hindering you. Good runners don't take anything extra with them. Their shoes are the lightest. Their clothing is the lightest. They don't want anything to keep them from getting the best time. Take anything and everything off that interferes. Take anything and everything off that bogs you down. Take anything off that stops you and stops your race with the Lord. You gotta learn to build up your endurance. That's why I'm out of breath. You gotta learn to build your endurance up. And you know what endurance is? The ability or strength to continue. It's not enough to get in the race. You gotta be able to continue and last. Even especially when stress comes involved and fatigue comes around and adversities hit, you gotta be able to be in it to win it. You're in it for the long haul. The Bible says you're gonna get this many years on the earth. You gotta be in it for the, uh, for the long haul. And you don't need to dwell on the past. You need to learn from the past. If you're sitting here dwelling on it and always thinking about it, I think the Holy Spirit wants you to learn from your past mistakes so you don't keep doing the same thing you've always been doing. And you gotta focus on what's going on into the future because let me tell you something, the race that you're on right now, it's in front of you. It ain't back here no more. It's out that way. So that's why when you're running that race, you've gotta keep pace with everything up there. We have to set our pace and pace ourselves. Sometimes we gotta pick it up You've been in life, and you're like, man, I gotta get something going here. I gotta pick this up. I'm just kind of lollygagging around. And, and, and then also, there's times when you just, whoa. Sometimes there's just things that you gotta do. Sometimes you just gotta slow it down. Okay, life's happening. I'm busy. I got this going. How many times when you get busy do you forget who God is? How many times does your devotional life just go, that was a good sound effect? How many times does that thing happen when you get so busy that you, you forget about how good God's been? So sometimes you've got to go faster, but sometimes you've got to just slow it way down. You've got to train for this race one, I would say 100 yards at a time. I wrote one mile at a time, but one mile at a time. And you've got to work at it because it's not easy. If anybody told you being a Christian is going to be easy, they lied to you. They lied to you. Because Jesus told his disciples, in this life, you're going to suffer persecution and tribulation. He didn't candy coat it with them. If you're going to serve God, you're going to have to go through some things in your life to be able to stand and stay in the race. Corinthians 9.25. It says, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we do it for an imperishable crown. The world is running for fortune and fame. They're running for a trophy. They're running for, for what the world can give them. You have to strive for the trophy that God's got in front of us. I mean, I, went, I watched my son play basketball one time. And I went in there, and I mean, they're playing. They're like seven, eight years old. And, and I looked over at the scoring table, and there was no scoreboard. 
and they're shooting baskets. And I mean, I was proud of him. He probably had five or six baskets. I was like, what are they doing? He says, oh, well, we in this particular organization, when they're this age, we don't believe in keeping score. I said, what? <laughs> Everyone gets a participation trophy. If you finish in last place, you should never get a trophy. Sorry. I was like, I mean, come on, somebody's got to keep score here. I want to know who's winning this game. Because unless you keep score, you never know who's winning the game. You got to compete and you got to strive for those things. Let me just tell you something. There are winners in life and there are losers in life. Just because you lost don't mean you're a loser, though. The enemy comes in and wants to call you a loser because you lost a couple things. But then you're not a loser. You've just lost some things. But in life, you're going to have winning. You're going to have losing. You're going to have the ups and the downs of life in this race. But you've got to be in it to win it. And you can't be sitting on the sidelines. God didn't call us to sit in this place. He, taught, he called us to go. 25. And they, the world, do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we do it for an imperishable crown. I got ahead of myself. Let's go to 26. Therefore, I run this way. Not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who is just beating air. Not one who's just shadow boxing out there. You gotta quit going, you gotta quit beating the air. You gotta quit going in circles. And Bobby's here, I know I've said this before, he loves NASCAR, but they do that for two and a half hours and they end up in the same position. He has educated me just a little bit about it. I, there is a sport to it. But you know, so many times in life, we go around the same track, we go around the same thing, and we end up in the same position. Because you know why? You keep trying to do it yourself. You end up in the same place. You have to run with certainty. He said uncertainty. You've got to run with certainty. You've got to intend to win. If you're going to win in this race of life, it's going to be intentional. If you're going to win this thing, it won't happen by accident, and it won't happen without effort. Successful people are intentional. They put the work and the effort into what they do, behind what they do. If you look at someone who's been who's successful, I'm telling you, they probably got up early in the morning. They probably went to bed late at night. They probably did the X, Y, Z to make themselves that way. You've got to be intentional about being who God has made you to be. Here's another one, verse 27. Ooh, this is a good one. But I discipline my body. And I bring it into, but I, oh, I got off on discipline there. It's bad. Put it back up there for me. Let me see. But I discipline my body. Never mind. And bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, that needs to be up on there. Put, find me 27 if you can. We're going to get it. Listen to me. But I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Ooh, that's a, that's a rough one right there. When you start talking about discipline, when you start talking about being disqualified, there are rules in every race. Ooh, it got quiet up in here. There are commandments. That's not old school, old law school or whatever. There's still things that you have to follow and there's rules in every race. But I am so glad that Jesus came and give us grace for when we have a hard time following the rules. You, have to, you are in control. Don't be disqualified because you didn't follow the rules. 
Listen to me. A runner isn't what they do. It's who they are. A runner, I saw Eric, he kind of got skinny on me. I was like, what's marathon? I'm training for a marathon. He said, I'm gonna have to bulk up after this one's over. But I mean, you watch what you eat. You exercise, and it becomes a lifestyle. A follower of Jesus Christ is not what you do, it's who you are. A Christian is not a title, it's who you are. You must be disciplined to win. What, if we disciplined ourselves, listen, what could we give up to get more of God? Can we give up more of our time? I'm so busy, God. But what could God do with that extra hour a day that you, could, that you say you don't have, but you watch TV? Ooh, convicted. Thank you, Holy Spirit. What could you do spending more time with him and, and serving? And, and what could you do if you give more of your talents and your giftings that he's given to you? What if you served more for his kingdom? What could you do if you gave more of your treasure and you guys are doing a better job in here? But what could you do if you spent less on something that you don't need and gave more to God's house and to, more, and to the things that he's doing? I'm just asking you. So many people say, I don't have it. I don't have it. I have it. Well, if you have that principle, you'll probably never get it. I'm going on. A lot of people start, but a few people finish. I'm asking you the question today. Have you started and stopped? While you're running your race, Jesus doesn't want you to get sidelines. He doesn't want you to run off in the ditch somewhere. Let's look at Galatians 5, 7 real quick. It says, you ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Satan will use anything that's unholy, anything unhelpful, and anything unhealthy to keep you from running the race that God has for you. He will throw everything in your path, every pothole, every... Every detour, he'll put it out there to keep you from running that race. You know, there's also things in your life too. Your friends could hinder you. Your family could be hindering you. Your flesh could be hindering you. The world could be hindering you. There's a lot of things out there. But I'm just telling you today, get back into the race. Maybe you've kind of got off track a little bit. Get back in it. You've got to stay to the finish, and you've got to be in it to win it. Philippians 3.14 says this. It says, I press towards. They don't mean I'm just walking. The woman in the crowd, it says she pressed to get up to see Jesus. Sometimes you can't just be casual about how you're going to get to God. Sometimes, oh man, I'm going to see God. Yeah, I hang out with Jesus. You know what I'm talking about. But sometimes you have to be able to go at that thing 100 miles and I say, I am not letting anything, no hell or high water is going to come between me and what God has for me. Sometimes you've got to press that thing in. Life is a cross-country event. Anybody run cross-country in here? Oh, I get my hands out. I didn't. <laughs> Carolina did. I know some other people did in here, I think. Cross yeah. It's a cross-country event. It's long. It's up and down and over and through the woods. You go to grandmother's, and you ain't going to grandma's house either. And here's the thing. You're on the clock. Life does end. Life does end. The clock that you have right now is ticking. Don't be content with just running down the clock. So many times we're just content and oh, let me get these eight hours in and let me get this in. And we find out that half our life is spent and it's gone. The clock is ticking. I think God is asking us right now, what are you doing with the time that I'm giving you? I'm keeping time. My stopwatch is on. What are you doing with that time? 
You gotta keep pressing and going. Listen to me. The goal is not the finish line. The goal is the finish line, not just to run. So many times we get in the race, uh-huh, but there is a finish line. You have to run your race too. Don't, don't be concerned with how someone else is running and you run your race wrong. So many times we're running, well, they're not doing this and they're not doing that. Jesus said, run your race. Go at the pace you're supposed to go at. Be the, be the, the sprinter or the, or the long distance runner that I've called you to be. Don't be looking at whoever's trying to do around you because sometimes you may end up somewhere else. Don't look at who's ahead of you or behind you. Because sometimes you can look too far ahead and you might not ever be able to attain that. And then you're living in regret. You're living in, oh my gosh, I'll never be able to do that. But then sometimes you're looking back here and you're thinking, man, it was not so bad back there. Yeah, it was. Yes, it was. It was not good back there. But so many times... Ain't that right, Thumper? We look back, and it looks so appealing to us, and we go back, and we want to grab it again, and, 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 and something has to remind you, it really wasn't that good. Philippians 2.16 says this. Holding fast to the word of life, which is the word of God, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain and labored in vain. Let me tell you, the sprinter sees the finish line with his eyes. The marathon runner sees the finish line with his heart. That is so good. I'm kidding. When that sprinter gets up there, he's looking at 100 yards away or 100 meters or wherever they run now. He sees that yellow tape across there. He knows where the end of the goal is, and he knows that he doesn't have to go very far to get to that. But when they line up on that line in the marathon, you don't see the finish line. You don't see the thing. All you do is see impossibilities. So you have to start seeing it with your heart. Start seeing it with the spiritual eyes God's given us. You've got to stay focused on the reward to win. You can handle, listen to me, this is good. Somebody's going to get this. You can handle pain and you can handle discipline in your life if you realize there was a purpose for it. There's a purpose for your pain. Everyone in this room right now has had pain. Every one of you have had, have had something happen in your life that's made you and molded you, but it's what you do with that experience is what matters. So many people go backwards in their pain and they dwell on it, they stay on it. But I'm telling you one thing right now, you might be able to help someone who's going through the same pain that you've experienced. There's purpose in your pain. It's all gonna pay off at the end. Do you know we win? Have you read the end of the book? Rich is back there doing that. That's the old, the, the, the old saints used to say, I know who's won the story. I've already read the end of the book. We win if we stay in the race. Here's the good thing. If you're getting a little tired, you got to get in it to win it. Why? Because Jesus has already won it. Look at Hebrews 12 too, last verse. Looking unto Jesus. I just like those three words. So many times we get off track because we're not looking unto Jesus. We're looking at everything else. We're looking at 
you, you fill in the blank of what you've been looking at. But it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He has authored your story, and he's going to finish your story. Who, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He got on that. Listen, he took the pain for you because he knew it had a purpose. He endured the cross, despising the shame. And I like this. He has sat down. Boom, he dropped the mic. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He said, done. Done. Come on, that's worth a hand. We don't got to worry about it. Already done. Let's all stand if we would, please. I'm going to ask you. Maybe we just need a refocus of our life. Another question. What are you running for? What is your purpose? Another thing is, what are you running from and toward? You have to remove all your restraints and you gotta run with resolve. What resolve is, is determination. I'm in this thing to win it. Even if it's raining, even if it's cloudy, even if the sun ain't shining, even if no one's going with me, I'm in it to win it. You gotta sometimes just pull your own self up by the bootstraps and you gotta say, I'm gone. Y'all can catch up with me if you want to, but I'm staying in this race. Today, getting in this race is the only thing that really, really matters. You know why? Because the prize is salvation. The prize is eternal life with him. And I'm going to ask you, if you've never joined this race, I'm not talking about the race of life. I'm talking about this Christian race that God's called us into. The prayer team's going to be up on the left and the right. And if you want to join the race and ask Jesus to come into your heart and into your mind, you make him the Lord of your life. But you've been lording over your own life for a long time. How's that working out? Today, get back in the race. I want you to know something. You're not disqualified. So many times again, the enemy comes in, he starts to tell you, you're disqualified because you made some mistakes. You're disqualified because of this, that, and the other. You're not disqualified if you've gotten off course a little bit. He just wants you to... Use the God PS to get you right back where you need to be. Today, if you're getting tired and you're weary, I'm going to ask you to get back in the race. Get in the race. Know that you have support of your church family here. Notice if you're out watching online, you have people here in this church that's praying for you. You have friends that are coming alongside you saying you can do this. You can go. And the biggest thing is you mostly you have Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. So I'm going to ask you as they get ready to sing, if you want need prayer for anything, if you want to pray a prayer of salvation, I'll be down here on the left-hand side. I'd love to pray with you and believe that God is going to help you to be get, getting in it to win it. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening. 
to the My Big Church Podcast.